Good morning, everybody. Glad to have you here today. Um, beautiful morning right after July 4th. Hopefully you guys have uh, got your coffee and uh, you're ready to go on the building side and certainly on the sales side. Um, just really excited. This is Pete Beckman here with Equus Financial and the Unitrust Agency. And uh, just like every Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern, this is our builder's call where we try to give you guys uh, additional nuts and bolts training on how to grow your teams, how to grow your agency, and uh, certainly start getting that passive income that uh, I think most of us when we get in this business are certainly looking for. So really excited today to see the uh, amount of people joining into our, our call here. Um, and guys, you definitely are in store for a really, really great, great call today. Um, I was just talking to Connie, uh, and I'll let her go through the leaderboards later when we get in our sales call, but guys, I just want to say hats off to everybody. Um, last month was pretty much our, our first full month on the uh, recruiting front uh, in terms of some of our new systems and things that we put in place, and you guys did an amazing job uh, because we finished up the month of June with 17 uh, unique builders. As we have unique writers, we have 17 unique builders who each had uh, direct recruits into the organization. And guys, that number is huge. That shows that you know, people are out there looking for another opportunity, tons of people looking for a system like we have. So glad to have all you guys today. And uh, congratulations again on a phenomenal month. Um, just a couple announcements real quick before we get into the, today's call. Guys, any of you guys who are in the co-op program with us, um, today is, is pretty much a, a first day launch for that for a lot of you. Um, please reach out to me for any questions some of you guys have that are in that program. If, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about um, and you'd like to be a part of a co-op program where you know, we have preset interviews and, and things for you, um, certainly reach out to me uh, or Dick or Connie and, and I'll certainly help get you into that program. But guys, today is going to be a great day to kick off that. Um, just one thing is um, be cognizant and aware that we're going to update the ads again today, but through the holiday a lot of people weren't necessarily out job hunting and looking, so the uh, interview schedule might be a little light here today, um, but completely understandable coming out of a holiday. So give us a few days, that will ramp right back up to normal. Um, but other than that, guys, I don't want to take too much time on announcements because, you know, we have, um, you know, our, our president of our company here and our agency here, Dick Sylvester, here today. Um, you know, I've asked Dick because Dick's built such a big organization uh, in the past and, and certainly with the fast momentum that Connie and Dick have coming in now. Um, just warm market recruiting, warm market building has been something that they've been truly masters at, and, and Dick has a lot of feelings on that. You know, guys, I can tell you, you know, as we get out today and, and we get after it today with Dick on this, please take notes. Please don't take this casual. Don't take it lightly on building an organization, but take it, take it seriously. You know, this is a builder's call, so it's designed for those who are looking to build an organization. And I can tell you, if, if you gave me a choice to build on the warm market side or the cold market side, man, I'm, I'm warm market all day long. They're both effective, but there's nothing like hiring people that you trust, like, and respect and that have the same feeling towards you. So um, with that, you know, Dick has built a big organization here. He's already attracting a lot of people because of the reputation that Dick and Connie have. Um, so certainly these guys are pros at it and are going to show you how to do it. So. With that, Dick, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I got my notepad and pen ready, my friend, and uh, I'll turn the call over to you. 
Thanks, Pete. Uh, this is an exciting time for our business and the industry in general. Uh, I do appreciate you know the opportunity. Uh, Pete and I decided to reverse roles this week because we both bring a different perspective to each part of the business. And one of the questions is, should we recruit more market and why? I'm going to address that in just a moment. But just recruiting in general, I'd like to address that first. Uh, five or six years ago, one of our agents was hit head-on by a 15-year-old unlicensed, uninsured driver. And the uh, trooper told his almost widow <clears throat> that uh, had he not been driving a Suburban, that he probably, she would have been a widow with three kids. So <clears throat> they, uh, he was out of work for nine months. And during that nine-month period of time, they had a real small team. But that team was able to uh, provide enough income for them plus themselves that they could make their mortgage payment and buy groceries. And they, they had to put a couple thousand a month on a credit card to live. But it literally saved them from potential financial ruin. And at that point in time when that happened, I think we had five or six people on the team at the time that said, oh my gosh, that could happen to any of us. Why don't I start talking this up a little bit? And at that point, everybody's team started growing because of that event. So yes, we should recruit, period, but we should recruit more market. And the reason for that is there are people all around us who need to make an extra 500 to $1,000 either a week or a month. Now, go back to 2008. Faced with losing your home due to foreclosure, would you rather deliver pizzas or sell child policies with move just to add another $1,000 a month to your income? Now, some people honestly would say they'd rather deliver pizzas because it's like public speaking. Some people would rather have a, a root canal than get up in front of a crowd and speak. Uh, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but others they really might like to learn another life skill. And we're in a position to, put, to allow them to do that. And one of the things I want everybody on this call to do is when you get to conference, look around and mentally make a list of people that are doing well that you never would have approached to sell life insurance. They were too big, too small, too rough, just all the reasons but start looking around making mental notes of people, oh my gosh, I never would have contacted that person. And one of the reasons when you go to our small meetings around the country, one of the reasons we have people stand up at those meetings and, and uh, talk, you know, every, anybody that's produced in the last 30 days, one, we want to hear you, you to hear them talk because everybody's not eloquent when it comes to speaking. But they'll get up, and when they give their production, you're thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's rough as a cob, but look at what he's doing and what she's doing. We want them to tell how long they've been in the business, because you'll find some of them have been around a few weeks to a few months, a couple years maybe, but not a long time. We also want them to tell the prior occupation. And the reason for that is just so that you know average and ordinary people are doing way above extraordinary and average things. Uh, we want them to talk about the production so that you can real quickly figure at a 70% contract how much they made that week. And two things happen in this process. One, they feel good because of what they've done and an opportunity to get up and share about it. But secondly, and this is really the most important part, 
it allows you to see what they're doing and realize that, you know, they don't have an MBA from Harvard to do this. They just got up. They did what they needed to do, and they helped somebody. Um, during the mortgage meltdown, it's been said that an extra $500 to $1,000 a month could have prevented upwards of 90% of the foreclosures. Now, at that time, where could people go out and get a part-time job for $500 to $1,000 a month? Uh, a number of people could have started a mowing grass, you know, lawn service, maybe sitting. There are just a lot of things. But unfortunately, a lot of people then were not even aware that another $500 to $1,000 a month would make a difference. See, lack of money management knowledge, we can fix that. That's part of what we can do for people. Now, we could not have changed the world, but I tell you what, we could have changed the world for quite a few families. And that's what this call is about today, the families whose world you can change. Now, some of those people back in that time, they did realize that a second job would help. They realized another $500 to $1,000 a month would make a difference. But they couldn't find a job that could fit their already busy schedule. They didn't even know we existed. And I say that because a lot of those people, I mean, let's stop and think about it, how many agents are doing mortgage protection around the country that never even mentioned the fact that this is an opportunity somebody could have done. Now, a few weeks ago, before we came over to Equus, um, a mother of two, a two and four-year-old, she wanted to do this business and she was sharing her story. Um, the only time she could run appointments was on Sunday. And I'll tell you, when she got finished speaking, there was not a, a dry eye on the phone. Because when she told her story, she was obviously not a high-powered professional woman speaking with the confidence of a woman with an MBA. But she did speak with a caring voice about helping people. And the only day she could run appointments was on Sunday when she got pushed back because she was in the South. You know, I, I don't see people on Sunday. She would just explain her situation that she had this uh, two- and four-year-old and that the only day she could help people was on Sunday. A few people pushed back and wouldn't see her, but when she shared her story and the caring attitude she had toward people, she started getting quite a few appointments on Sunday. And after a few weeks, she was able to hire a nanny to watch the children Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning so that she could clean her business up, get her application submitted, and make some more dials. The key to this is within eight months, her husband was able to quit his job so that he could watch the children. Uh, I suspect from the way he talked, he couldn't sell guns in a prison riot, but she could. So he cleaned the business. He ran the business on the back end, and she ran appointments. And within eight months, she was on a fifteen dollars to a $20,000 a month uh, production rate and was well on her way to a six-figure income in only eight months. So she went from no job at all in the home raising two children to 100-plus a year in income in an eight-month period of time. Now, how many people on the phone here might know somebody that that type of a job could change their life? The, that family's life has been changed forever, not to mention the lives that she's changed not only through mortgage protection that she's sold, but also the people that she's hired. Now, how do we go about doing this? 
Well, the first thing uh, I think to me was always important, hire with the mindset that people can grow to whatever level they choose or are capable of. Because when I started doing this, I really did not want to build a team. I had had a team in the timeshare business. You all have heard that story, or most of you have. And it was like herding cats. I didn't want them to do with just leave me alone and show me how I can make two or $3,000 a week, and I'll check in every once in a while. But what happened was once I realized that I could do that, in some situations people started coming to me, and then I started reaching out to people to do the same thing that I was doing. And could I have run a team of 25 or 50 or 200 agents then? No, I wasn't capable of that. But what this job allows people to do, it allows them to grow and get better and better and better to the point that they can manage as many people as they want. And that's the beauty of what we've done here. The other thing of it is, is when we start talking about recruiting people, um, if we can talk in terms of third person instead of second person, and what I mean by that is somebody would walk up to me, even today, Dick, you know somebody want to earn an extra you know, $2,000 a week? No, not interested. But if somebody would say, do you know anybody that might want me to earn an extra two or $3,000 a week? If I wasn't doing this, if I was still in the timeshare business, I might say, well, yeah, me. Or I might know someone that might be a good fit for that. Um, we had breakfast yesterday with a real good friend of ours that does uh, big um, 401ks for small businesses, you know, where they manage a half a million to a million dollars. Well, that's not in our, our product line or anything like that. Uh, and Kevin's always trying to talk to me about who do you know, who do you know, who do you know. And you know what? If I ran across, I, I actually have somebody in mind that's a stockbroker that's not happy with what he's doing, and I don't think he could step down and do what we're doing. In fact, I know he couldn't. He's used to dealing with high net worth people. He could be a really good fit for something like that. And, um, you know, why not pass the name along in that situation? So talking in terms of third person opens a person's mind to start thinking along those lines. Um, if you ask him, do you want a job, the answer is usually no, but asking who do you know that might need one, a lot of times either they'll stick their hand up or they'll think of somebody. The second person concept is really important here in terms of asking not do you, but who do you know or do you know anybody. Um, when I talk about the income potential with what we do, uh, this is another thing that I think a lot of people kind of miss it in, is I, I judge the person's current income. For example, if I'm asking somebody in a $500,000 home, do you know anybody who wants to earn an extra $500,000 to $1,000 a week, they're probably going to look at me like I'm crazy. So if I'm in a half million dollar home, I'm going to be talking in terms of, you know I'd like to earn an extra $1,500 $3,000 a week. And... Uh, if I'm in an $80,000 house, I'm going to be talking about $500 to $1,000 a month because somebody living in an $80,000 house, the probability of them even believing that people could make three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a week, they would totally discount that because they, they have no concept of that kind of money or how you go about doing that. So when we look at doing our warm market recruiting, one, become a walking billboard. 
you know, be uh, have your little uh, elevator pitch, elevator speech put together that just lasts 30 seconds about what we do. What do you do? We protect people from losing their home due to foreclosure. And um, the clients love us. We don't do any cold calling. And our part-time agents make anywhere from $500 to $1,000 uh, a week or a month, depending on the client you're talking to. And our full-time agents make two to $3,000 a week. Do you know anybody that might be interested in something like that? You know, uh, I love Jared Ewing's comment. What do you do? Well, we sell insurance, and every time we make a sale, we make $500, and we can build a team, and we get 10% of the, whatever the team does for the week. If the team's doing $20,000 a week, we make $2,000. That's what we do. Well, how do, you, how do you get to do that? Well, you need an insurance license. You know, but there are ways that you can introduce this and become in the walking billboard. Uh, I, and I recommend that we do it not only for recruiting but also for production. And people talk about some of that stuff, I'm sure, later. But the concept of becoming a walking billboard with what we do, if you can just imagine we're just turning over rocks. And every once in a while you'll turn over a rock and there will be uh, whatever you're looking for is underneath that rock. And we just have to talk to more and more and more people. Because the more people you talk to, the better chance you have of, of making something happen. And I, I hope as, as we go over this this morning, people will start getting a vision for how big our industry is and what a great opportunity it is. I mean, can you imagine when I sit down with Barry Clarkson in April of 1996, I was in his office and he gave me the presentation on everything. And my last question to him was this, is anybody really doing this? And he said, well, my meeting starts in 20 minutes. Why don't you wait and see? So he had told me the production that they expected you to write out of that. And the top five, there were nine people on the East Coast. Think about this. 20 years ago, there were nine people on the East Coast doing mortgage protection. And look what Equus is doing today. But... Um, the nine people walked into the office. When the top five gave their production numbers for the week, I think the lowest one was 4,600 of the top five, and the highest was 6,300 for the week. And Pete, I remember looking around the room thinking, Lord have mercy. If any of this bunch can do it, I know I can. And we've never looked back. I became the 10th person on the East Coast to start doing mortgage protection in April of 1996. So as you look at, at how this is growing, and guys, remember this, in April of 1996, this was a brand new industry. They had never heard of mortgage protection done other than through declining term up until then. And Barry was using a not a very good 20-year term, and he was using a horrible universal life for return of premium. We didn't ever sell any of it. We just presented it. And, and hope to get the other cases. But out of that was birthed this whole concept. F&G Life spent over a million dollars creating a payout system that allowed them to pay down 11 levels deep. And see, that's why this is such an important thing for you guys, because it allows people to start at an entry level with knowledge and understanding of the industry with Pete and my training and what Equus has put together that allows them to grow up to whatever level they're capable of earning. That did not exist prior to April of 19, 
96. And F and G spent because uh, we went to several different companies. We had to have that payout system. That was important, and nobody had it. So they created it. It's been copied a number of times since then. Now all we have to do is better understand our industry. Not so much on how to sell. Not so much on products, but the, but the the concept of the of of our system, and then be better able to explain it. So that people then say, "Yeah, I want to be part of part of that." One of the main reasons I came over to Equus is I wanted to be part of something much bigger than than I could be on my own. And when Pete and I partnered together, and that's one of the reasons we did that. We realized the two of us coupled with Equus, and you guys can tap into the same source that we did. We now are part of something much, much, much bigger than we could ever do on our own. And understanding our industry, understanding our business, and understanding Equus and what Unitrust brings to the table, this puts you in a tremendous position, not only to recruit, but to bring people in and plug them into a plug-and-play system. And with that, Pete, I feel like that this gives us a, a vision of potential, and it's just a matter now of taking that vision and implementing it in. Who do you know? Who do you know? Uh, when you read the book, Frank Betchers, and I'll close with this, uh, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. Frank Betcher became one of the greatest life insurance agents in the history of the industry back in the 40s and 50s. He went in to quit his job because he was, he was, he was terrible at it. And the guy that had the sales meeting that day, he decided to quit after the sales meeting out of respect to the guy that was having the meeting. He didn't want to disrupt anything or mess his mind up on an agent quitting. And the guy made this statement. He said, if you will tell your story five times a day, you cannot help but be successful. And Frank Betcher thought, well, I can tell my story to five times a day to five people. And he became a walking billboard and went on to become one of the greatest life insurance agents in the country at that time. Well, guys, if you will tell your story on the recruiting side five times a day, you cannot help but be successful and build a great team. And instead of having 17 unique recruiters next month, we might have 40 or 50 unique recruiters next month because you will have recruits that will be recruiting in addition to yourself. Pete, with that, I'll close out. And if anybody has any questions on anything, you're welcome to open it up or any comments. Well, Dick, I, I do have some questions if you don't mind my asking you some things because not at all. I love what you I love what you just talked about is don't ask do you know anyone but who do you know that can I think that's incredibly important that we all take this away from the call and and be becoming the billboard. What about for the brand new person today, Dick? That you know how this this next question is going to be, right? Well, Dick, how am I going to go talk to my friends or people I know or I used to work with? I'm not even doing this. You know, I've got to see some success myself. Why is that the wrong way to think, and how can we get around and overcome that? Well, one of the main things in that, Pete, is twofold. Uh, the people that you were thinking that you might talk to, when you get to conference, they'll be there, and somebody else got to them first. That's one thing. But the other thing of it is uh, when people ask you, well, you know, I'm too new about it. The answer should always be, 
they don't want to come in to do something that you're necessarily doing because you're so successful, but more importantly because the system works. And my answer to that would be is, you know, I don't know how the leads work. All I know is there's a lot of people making two to $3,000 a week. Well, how the products work, I don't know. All I know is a lot of people are buying this, and this protects family that's due to foreclosure, and a lot of people are making two to $3,000 a week doing this. And then you plug them into a manager and say, you know, one of the guys I work with has been doing this a number of years, and it's changed his life forever. You know, based on who you are and, and your work ethic, you really need to talk to him to see if this might be a fit for you. And then you plug them right into Peter I or whoever your mentor is. Okay, so we we let them use the upline, right? Let the upline tell the story, right? Um, we, we let them use yeah the, the upline uh, use the upline story and and just share what they've seen other people doing. Uh, just knowing, I mean, when you go to these meetings and you see somebody stand up and they wrote seventy eight hundred dollars in premium last week, and at a seventy percent contract level, that's fifty some hundred dollars in commission. If I believed that was going on and that was happening, I'd want to tell everybody I know. Use that person's success until you have your own success. I love yes. it. Okay. Now, you built a big organization in the past. So what would be a common thing that people look back at, Dick, and say, ah, I wish I would have done this, or ah, I wish I could have changed that? Any of those aha moments that you've seen repeatedly happen in, in your career here in this business? The one that is always on the forefront of that uh, thought process, Pete, is this. I wish I had built sooner. I wish I had plugged in to my manager, my mentor sooner, not only for my own benefit, but for people I know for their benefit. And now that we've got a system in place doing the expectations call, Guys, there is so much support out here. When we, and Pete remembers these days, when we started doing this, we had to do, we had to carry all the water. And I mean, it would wear you out just carrying the water. You'd bring somebody on, and then the system was not there. You were the, excuse me, you were the system. So you did all the work. Now it's just a matter of mentioning what we do, having a, con you know, you really ought to uh, talk to Pete. He's one of the guys I work with here, or he's my manager, and let him share with you what he, how this has changed his life. And just divert everybody that you talk to into someone else. Once they come on board, we're going to do the heavy lifting for you guys. If you will just bring the people to the game, then we're going to get them outfitted. We're going to get their uniform. We're going to get their glove. We're going to get the balls and bats, and we're going to get them on the field. Now, after we get them on the field, we need your help, you know, to keep loving on them and encourage them, checking in on them. But we're going to be doing a lot of that with you, for you, and it's just a matter of you bringing people to the game. You know, Dick, I remember starting this, and um, I used to say to people when I finally figured it out, guys, because I didn't get this right away, I was one of those guys that said I wish I would have. And then looking back, Dick, at the same time, I wish I would have let my manager earn their spread, right? Why in the world, if I'm brand new, you know, if I realize that, hey, I can get a raise, 
I can get a contract raise because I'm I'm bringing a few running buddies in, right? Two, three people, four people that are looking for new opportunity, people I care about. And I've got a person like Dick Sylvester that's going to do the heavy lifting for me, and then I'm going to get paid to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put Dick to work. I'm going to see how much Dick can run with, right? How many pails of water can Dick or, or you know, Derek Hannaford or Johnny Brooks? we got tons of people on this team that are building. And, Dick, I, I'm one of those guys. If I look back, I would have said, man, I would have had Dick doing a lot more lifting a long time ago. Well, you know, Pete, I remember having this conversation with you when you first started about starting some of this, and you guys were making so many sales. I mean, uh, the income that you put up on the first year on your own pen was phenomenal, and uh, and there was nothing wrong with that. But you were you guys were one accident away on the interstate from being out of business, and that's not a good place to be. Because uh, I know you remember when that person had that wreck because we were together then, and I mean it changed everybody's life. And uh, you're now right where. All of us would like to be. You've got the production side going, you've got the building side going, and you have put together a system for people to plug into so that they don't have to worry about all those things you guys were worrying about when we first started. I love it. That's that's all my questions, Dick. I'm sure some of the other folks on the line probably have some questions for you too. And guys, if you do, just hit star six to unmute yourself, and uh, Dick's here available for some questions. And as Connie says what it is, it is, Dick, we embrace the silence. Is that what she says? That's it. When we first started doing this, that silence was deafening to us. And our son made the comment. He said, no, embrace the silence. And because people will think of things, and as soon as we hang up, everybody will have five questions they wish they'd ask. Oh, no, I have questions. Yes. Yes, this is Helmuth Nelson um, under Pete Bittner. So you're saying even if I'm not fully started yet, but I do know some people who are in the insurance business, and they're not really doing any production or anything like that, um, and I know that they would be interested to just get them aboard and just um, give them some information about how Equus could benefit their lives? Absolutely. I, what I would do would be uh, I, I put a list together, of people that you're thinking about, give it to Pete, and give Pete a little bit of a history of each one of them. This guy sold TVs that he works at H.H. Gregg. This guy sold cars, whatever the case is, or this person just really doesn't like their job and they're a plumber and they hate it, uh, but they'd like to learn a new, just whatever that history is, and then um, have Pete call and set up a, a call and just kind of do what we call check interest. You know, we're just checking to see if you're open um, to a change. And, uh, and and do that with Pete uh, so that you can listen so that when they when they have somebody a month or two from now that they want you to talk to, you've got a feel on how to do it. So it's a learning process for you, and it's a job opportunity for them. I'll okay. give you an idea. Um, a couple yep. years ago... We had hired a guy, and conference was coming up, and 
And he had this attitude, well, I, he said, I got these five people that I think really would be good at this. And I said, we all talked to him, and I did everything in, the, in my power to get the guy to have the conversation with him. And he wouldn't do it. He said, no, I'm going to make sure I can do it before I bring them on or talk to them about it. And when we got to conference eight weeks later, three of them were there. We didn't hire by somebody else. Okay, okay. All right, I put a list. I have a couple of people that I have in mind. I'll try to put that list together. And I know, and most of them, they're out there paving, hitting the pavement, looking for medics, because they do medics here, you know, uh, on the health insurance side. So and I know this would be something that would be definitely beneficial for them. But in that field, when you're out there just paving the payment, and you're meeting people, but you, you, know, you don't know if they have an interest, but you have leads with people who actually need the products that you, 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 you offering them, and this is you meeting them on a familiar basis. It's, it's a no-brainer to me. You know, a few of those people would rather deliver pizzas. There's a lot of them that would rather not deliver pizzas, and if you can show them a better way, they're all ears and all eyes. They're, they're ready. Uh, I, I, last night, in preparation for this call this morning, I made a couple phone calls, and uh, I got a text last night. I was obviously in bed at 11.30. I got a text last night and said, okay, I'm ready. I just separated from where I was at and I want to talk to you tomorrow. One market, and I've been talking to that person for about three months. Okay. Well, Dick, fantastic. I can tell you, Helmet, to, to add something to that, the best thing you guys can do is if you're a brand-new builder, if you're brand-new, don't have a story, the best thing you can do is when you put that list together, is don't call the person and, and say, hey, they're going to call you with this. I know it sounds weird, but the best thing you can do is don't call them and pre-screen them yourself. Let us do it, right? Because yes. they're going to ask questions and you're going to wonder. What do you think, Dick? Oh, absolutely, because, you know, we, we really don't want a new agent doing any of that because they don't know anything yet. And... Um, and, the, and if they don't know anything, then they're going to convey to their recruit, well, until you figure it out, I don't want to talk to anybody. So all, you, you want to use someone else's story. There are people making two and $3,000 a week doing this. How's it work? Let me have you talk to my manager. You know. uh, but absolutely, you want to get them talking to one of us as quickly as possible. Fantastic. Dick, I know there's a couple others that have texted me. I think Marsha's on the line. She's had some questions. So, uh, Marsha, are you on? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, Marsha. Excellent. So, the walking billboards, I wrote down as much as I could. I'll tell you what I have. The first one I have, we protect people um, from losing their home due to, due to foreclosure. We don't do any cold calling. Our clients love us. If you'd like to earn between $500 and $1,000 per week or month, depending on who it is, or obviously bump it up you know, bigger if it's a real big deal person, add another zero on the end. And then the other one was we sell insurance, and every time we make a sale, we get $500. Every time our team sells something, we get 10%. Those are bullet points that you can weave into a conversation. That's the purpose of that. And the question is, 
is you don't want to throw up all over them. You just want to usually pick one or two of those things and and then say, do you know anybody interested in making an extra $500 to $1,000 a week or 1500 to 2000 a week, depending on you gauging their income? And pick one or two of those bullet points that you think might resonate with them and go with that. And then always end with, do you know anyone who might be interested in doing something like this, either part-time or full-time? I've got that. I try to give you four or five bullet points, and um, with the idea that you'll pick one or two of those out of there, and um, and develop a presentation around that based on that client. Right. I wasn't planning on you know hitting them hard, but I just figured if I had a few of them down, then I would you know I've got this job fits your schedule, blah blah blah. You know, I just thought of salient points. I have this job that fits your schedule. Now it sounds like you're trying to hire them. Okay. The way to say that, Marcia, would be something along this line. We have a job that's flexible and it fits everybody's schedule because they set the schedule. They, we're talking about other people, not you, of course. I, Marcia, I know you're not interested in job, but I, I'm talking about somebody you might know. Well, wait a minute. I might be interested in that. It's kind of the takeaway. Very good. Thank you, Dick. Because if I ask Marcia, then it looks like I'm pursuing her, and that puts me as a recruiter in a not-so-strong position. I want them coming to me. You've heard that story. It's, it's very difficult to kiss a woman and lean away from you or right. climb a fence leaning towards you. So we want them coming toward us, and that's the way we turn them around there. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Gotcha. Duly noted. Thank you so much. Okay. Any other questions? Okay, so one more. If um so if I understand correctly, when when I have my little list of people, if I were to give it to you or Derek, um, like if Derek's out in the field and I, I think, you know, there's some of these that might be real, I put little stars by the really interested ones and put the range of in- income that would seem feasible to them so that you're speaking at their level? Yes. You know, and Johnny Brooks, uh, Derek is fantastic at this. Uh, Johnny is very good at it as well. And, um, and then me. So you've got all three of us to work with there. But yes, you know, if you're talking to a firefighter, you know, um, an airline stewardess because or, uh, they work 10 days a month type thing. You know, you're talking to an airline uh, stewardess and you're talking an extra 500 to $1,000 a month, not interested. You know, I mean, they spend that on nails uh, a month, so they, want, they, they might be interested in something where they can make an extra 1000 to $1,500 a week, two days working two days a week or another six days a month. So you just kind of judge how you talk about that. And you're going to make some mistakes. It's okay. That's how you learn. You know, you haven't lost anything. You make a mistake and you blow one and you didn't get them. It's okay, you know. But uh, you'll get a feel for um, the income levels and just kind of how to approach people based on their occupation and so on. Very good. Good questions, Mark. I really like that. I know your work ethic, and I know how important schedule is for you, because for you to have a job like this, 
the schedule is, is probably the income is secondary here. It's the schedule is most important because if if you had a rigid schedule with us that you had to meet, and even though we could guarantee you double your income, but you had to reach that schedule, I know your lifestyle is such that you probably would have to take a, a lesser income with a more flexible schedule. So you're going to recruit strong around that schedule because of your situation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, perfect. Hey, Pete. Pete, good morning. Joe Gibbons, I've got one for you. Yeah, Joe. Um, females. Um, we all know men and we all know women, particularly women. Um, the only thing that's going through my mind from the standpoint of them you know, making house calls uh, by themselves, right, and are going into these homes, some people may give a little bit of pushback and some may not. But I just want to also know maybe from any female on the line, just help me, coach me, the mindset potentially about being a woman, being potentially vulnerable to a situation they cannot control once they're inside that uh, family's home. That, I know, is a concern for some of the women. Uh, we've, in, in the 20 years I've been doing this, it's never been an issue. And uh, I always tell women, if you're going and you don't feel comfortable, or you, it's okay not to go in the house when you get there. If, if it doesn't seem right, doesn't feel right, don't go. But seven out of the ten top agents with our company, um, well, I think it was last month, are women. Women do, do well with this because people trust them. And uh, I, if I was a woman going into something like this, as soon as I sat down, I would leave a boy. I would just pick up my phone. John, I just want you to know it's 7.30, and I'm at Joe's house, 119 Main Street, Waynesboro, and um, I will touch base with you as soon as we're finished here. The other thing I would encourage people to remember is it's, the person, if the woman is apprehensive, then it's in her mind and not in the client's, if you know what I mean. Anytime you think you have a problem, it's, that's your problem more than anything. And I have not been in the home by myself uh, writing applications. I have been in the home with Dick, and I just have to reiterate that, um, you know, we wanted to hire a lady one time, and she said, oh, gosh, I couldn't put that many miles on my new car. <laughs> and we were like, okay. You know, we knew that she didn't have the mindset for this. So if the person that you're hiring is a woman and her first question is that, there, there might be more to it that you'd want to look into it. And if she's not already licensed, it might be a discussion that she'd want to maybe have with me. Good Connie, point, good point. This yes, Marcia. If I, if I had trepidation, if I was comfortable going to most everybody's house, but there was a particular house I was uncomfortable with, I would pay attention to that. But oh, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. We have a girl living with us for the summer, and she had a job all lined up when she came here. She never met the people. And when she went to the house, she came back to ours, and she was shaking. And she was very upset, and she said, I can't work for those people. Um, I just cannot be around the husband. Mm-hmm. And he was very upset because she'd made a commitment. She, did, she was very upset. But, Marcia, you're absolutely right. That inner voice that speaks to all of us, 
you know, if you pull up, you know, pull up in the house, front of the house and it's not very clean, that's not really a sign to say don't go in. But if, you know, if a guy greets you at the door and you already know he's single, that call is totally yours. Right. Okay? My husband and if he says my wife's not here... Not, don't even go. You, well... First off, we don't sit with one-leggers, but, yeah, you don't sit with him. Absolutely. Now, my husband said when I get to, he said, if you're ever at a call, he said, um, be, when they answer the door, you could be like, okay, honey, I'll, I'll be calling you in, like, within 30 minutes. I'm just right here at da-da-da-da-da, so that they know you're just talking to your husband. Then you hang up and you, oh, sorry about that, and you walk on in so that it's, you know, it looks casual, but they understand someone knows right where I'm at. Same thing as the table. You know, it's one way or the other. Just let them know that this isn't unknown that you're here. And then you usually don't have any problems at all. I don't That's worry true. about going to people's house. But like I said, if I had a weird feeling, I'd honor it. But I'm uh, the people that are worried about that, aren't the, they, they should be delivering pizza. Yeah, I agree. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we never know what might have happened to them prior to. You know, people have situations in their life, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, this isn't for everybody, and we understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to hop off at this point, uh, Pete. And if you have questions still, you can save them for after um, the 10 o'clock. That would be fine. Um, so we'll, we'll see everybody on at uh, 10. Thank you, you thanks. Great call, Dick and Connie. Thank you. We'll see you at the 10 o'clock call, guys. Absolutely. Bye-bye.